Hey guys, Adam from Splendid Sports, back for another three and three, episode number 24, joined by a man I've heard called the king of cardboard, the collector's <laughs> champion. Uh, in the ticker there, I have I have uh, John, the museum mangini. Uh, probably you probably hate all those nicknames, but that's okay. Um, John, how you doing? Thanks for joining. Um, me. I'm great, Adam. I'm glad to be here. And, and no, I never heard any of those nicknames. So I think you're just <laughs> making them up. <laughs> I've heard I've heard a couple of those for sure. Um, but I, I'm so uh, I'm so happy to be on. I'm I'm so glad I I finally got an invite from you. I I have to share this with you. I was I was texting you one night and I was but I was gonna bust your chops and I was like what's a guy gotta do to get an invite on the three for three and uh, I decided not to and the very next day the very next day you reached out and said when are you gonna be on with me it's like we're we're reading minds yeah law of attraction I guess yeah and, and uh but yeah I ever obviously I've thought about asking you to do this multiple times um but you know every time I did I, I I'm not joking. Like I would think, man, that, to have John on and only have him have to pick three cards of his favorites. He, he has hundreds of thousands of cards. I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he won't want to do that. So uh, I'm glad when I asked that you were down to do this. Well, I think, I think all collectors have way more than three. So yeah. that's going to be a challenge for anybody you have on. <laughs> but especially, I, 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 w I thought you wanted to debate who was the greatest uh, Yankee center fielder of all time. So this 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 might be more fun. <laughs> I think you won that debate. I, I have to, I might have to side with you on, on Jordan Michael. But uh yeah, be, before we get into the three cards, and, and I should say if, if anyone's catching this for the first time, John's gonna show us three of his favorite cards in his outstanding collection. And then we're gonna look at three cards that are on his want list. Uh but first, you know, I put in the ticker here, John the Museum Mangini. Uh <laughs> You know, because I've heard you say before that uh, I think you were serious that your dream one day is to have your own museum. Yeah, I'm I'm dead serious about that. What dead what serious. like let me let me ask you what what would that look like? I mean, would this be something where because you really have on YouTube you do have a museum kind of already, but would you look at like buying an actual like business and and creating a museum like they have like the Babe Ruth Museum something like that, but for your cards your memorabilia. Yeah, something along those lines. I, um, <laughs> you know, I've traveled for work and I've, I've always had to live in multiple places at the same time. And I'm still not living uh, in what I consider my home. And uh, so I, I haven't been situated to be in one place long enough to, to do such a thing. But, you know, it's funny because when, when the Baseball Hall of Fame decided to do a card museum they took a lot of the uh, same ideas i had uh and i was like man i missed the boat on this but i do have a long-term vision to do some sort of a museum with a uh, cafe the sports card cafe and i've been using that name uh for a long time now uh to uh kind of have it under control and i even have a facebook page that's a sports card cafe uh, so I, I, I have some ideas in my head and, uh, I actually have kind of a location that I wanted to, uh, uh, negotiate, uh, with, <laughs> but, uh, just not, uh, just not able to do it right now until I get more situated. But I love, I love that idea, you know, especially for you, you got, 
I mean, I've been watching your channel for a long time. This is funny that I feel like I know you. This is actually the first time we've ever actually spoken. Right. Uh, so this is this is cool for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you I've seen I've probably seen like a small percentage of, of your collection, obviously, on YouTube. But I would love to see that. That would be so cool if you ever if you ever did that. And uh, I would love to come visit it. That would be great <laughs> if you ever did that. Anytime. Come on by. Awesome. I know I had uh, Lou, Lou Ron TV was here, and Don Field of Dreams. They're the only two uh, that have checked it out. And quite honestly, they, they, uh, we had so much going on, and, and you know, we did lives, and uh, they didn't even see a tiny fraction of it. Now, you, everyone knows you on YouTube Sports Card. I mean, you're, you're obviously, everyone knows you here, but the, the hobby is weird. There's, like, different segments. So, like, there's a community on Instagram that I found very few of them actually go to YouTube a lot of like, and then there's YouTube like you, you don't have an Instagram, right? No, I don't. Do you have any intention to ever do that? I, I have a Facebook page. I had a Facebook page, uh, before I ever uh, got onto YouTube. Uh, unlike a lot of, like a lot of people that get on YouTube, they are inspired by others or they've been watching videos and decide to do their own. I'm the total opposite. I, I, I put my cards on Facebook to share them and, and to have pictures on there. And I was uh, interacting with a lot of groups on there, buying and uh, several years ago, actually uh, selling off some of my doubles and, and buying. And as an afterthought, um, some videos I made for my Facebook page, I threw onto YouTube because I, I had a YouTube account. And uh, never had seen a baseball card, sports card video on YouTube before I posted. Didn't know there was a community, knew nothing. I just threw some videos on there almost as an afterthought. So I'm kind of opposite of what, you know, how most people um, started, aside from maybe the guys that were, you know, starting 10 years ago or whatever. But, um, you know, now I'm mostly YouTube. I, I still maintain that page, but... Quite frankly, uh, you know, I have stopped watching most of the news and I've stopped most social media just for my own sanity and I'm in a happier place. So the idea of starting another social media account, uh, I'm just not interested in right now. <laughs> I'm enjoying YouTube and that's kind of my main focus. I think that's smart. I, I'm not a big social media guy either. I have to be on there for certain work things, but... Yeah, I I mean I have Instagram, but I basically just use it to like I'll post a when we do an episode, I'll post a little thing up there. But yeah, I, I don't spend much time on there. And honestly, I don't even really understand it still. I've been on there for a while. I, I don't I don't understand how to do most of the stuff on there. So yeah. it's like it's like I'm in a foreign country and I don't speak the language when I'm on Instagram for some reason. Well, when I got settled and I was back on um um back in 2014 i got settled again and i created this card room and i brought all my cards out of storage because i had been traveling and living in multiple places and it was so hard uh for years so in 2014 when i began you know i had a facebook account i always liked it because i've lived in so many different places made so many friends and if it wasn't for facebook i wouldn't even know what their kids look like i i might not keep in touch with some of those folks you know, and it, it allows me to keep uh, up on what everybody's doing, uh, people that have meant something to me. So that's what I liked about it. And when I got uh, back into the cards, I mean, there were all kind of card groups. I got all kind of great cards on there. 
and learned a lot and interacted and it was really fantastic but it does seem like instagram has taken that over now instagram was uh you know facebook was just buying it at the time and uh, i was a big i was a big proponent of facebook stock i bought and sold that for years and i remember one day one day facebook came out and they reported earnings and the stock was down like twenty dollars in the after hours and everybody was worried because uh, it, they had come out and said that Instagram was taking their business. And I'm like, what are people missing here? I bought that sucker up. I'm like, they own Instagram. How is that a bad thing, right? And of course it flew after everybody realized, but uh, anyway, that's that's my background with Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, I didn't mean to go too deep on the social media, but I, I've been kind of thinking <laughs> about it lately because I've noticed like, you know, I have a Twitter account, I have an Instagram, I love YouTube the best because it's by far the easiest platform to like, like we're doing here, connect with someone else. And, you know, Instagram, you can post, post an image of a card, but you know, on YouTube, like you do on your videos where you actually talk about the history and why you love them. And uh, it's just such a better platform, I think, for what we're trying to do. So. And it's, it's easier to explain yeah. <clears throat> over a video than it is to type all that out. Right? right. But some people would rather look at a picture and read. You know, some people are readers and some people like me are lazy and I'd rather listen. <laughs> you know, I'm <clears throat> I'm much more likely to listen to an audio book than to sit down and read a book these days. I'm with you. Well, let's uh, let's get in. If you're ready, we'll get started. Um, three of your favorite cards in your collection. If you if you're ready for number one, I'm ready. I, I'm ready, but I have to tell you, I'm deviating a little bit as far as from the favorites. I picked three cards with uh, kind of a, a story or uniqueness to them. And the one reason I wanted to do this show with you is because you're a big Mickey Mantle fan. And I have kind of a, a cool story from my childhood about my first Mickey Mantle card. And that was the 1967 Mickey Mantle. And... I had this flea market I used to go to every Sunday, and <clears throat> that's where I would buy my cards. And I got a hold of this 67 Mickey Mantle. It was the only Mickey Mantle I had at the time. And it was so noticeably pack fresh. It was so sharp. It, it, it matched up with all the new cards I was buying in the late 70s. And it was fantastic. So I got a reputation uh, on my baseball team and, and with neighbors. And I grew up in the country. So I was kind of out uh, by myself. And these two kids I played ball with, one of them, his father was in the minor leagues and he was one of my coaches. And he, they found out I had this big baseball card collection. And they walked something like two miles uh, up a hill through the woods to my house because they wanted to trade with me. And the one kid wanted my Mickey Mantle card really bad. And of course, I didn't want to trade him for it. It's not that I was a big Mickey Mantle fan because I really wasn't growing up. I was more into Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente, Hank Aaron, Sandy Koufax. But it was the only Mickey Mantle card I had. And it was just pack fresh, man. This thing was so sharp. And so he kept up making me offers and I kept turning them down. And uh, finally, he offered me like a 65 Clemente and a 66 Willie Mays. And so I did the deal. So I traded my 67 Mantle for a Clemente and Willie Mays. 
Now, I didn't regret that because I wanted those cards, but I regretted, you know, I like to have all the great players in my collection, and it was my only Mickey Mantle. And they weren't easy to come by when I was growing up. It's not like they had eBay or card shows on every corner. That wasn't really that popular yet uh, as far as the card shows go. And, of course, eBay didn't exist. And so the only place I could find these vintage cards were at my flea market where I would go on Sundays and occasionally we could talk a parent and taking us to another flea market. Uh, so um, I would go down there and I had to replace it because I regretted getting rid of it. And I replaced it with this one. And I know the first one that I had was sharper than this. And when they first came out with grading in the early 2000s, I sent this in for grading and it got a seven. And I, it, you know, it only makes me wonder what the other one would have gotten because I know it was in better condition than this one. But this is a great one. I don't know if you're familiar, but most Mickey Mantles have down here somewhere, there's like a magenta blob. Mm. And it's common with these cards. And this one doesn't have it. It's clean. That is real clean. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I thought you might appreciate that being a Mickey Mantle fan, but it's pretty amazing. I kept it in this good a shape from the, I mean, I was probably, I would say 12 or 13 when I got this. It's funny because uh, uh, just on a recent video with uh, Dylan, we were showing some recent pickups. I picked up uh, uh, that 67 Mantle. It was, you know, PSA five or something. Nice looking copy. Not that nice. Uh, but we were just talking about that card, and, and Dylan was saying, like, a lot of collectors don't love that one, but we do. And I just love the blue on it and the smile. I think it's a one of his best cards, really. I love that card. Yeah. And, man, that thing is nice. That thing is nice. Yeah, yeah it's a nice sharp one. Mint, mint 9. I don't know if you ever noticed that magenta blob down there, but, um, you know, some cards are, are like that. Uh, in fact, the, uh, is it the 50, 58, uh, Duke Snyder? No, no, no. 59, 59. Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the players now. Is it Duke Snyder, Richie Ashburn or Willie Mays, Richie Ashburn? Um, there's a dual card and I have a copy of, of each there is a little print defect on one and okay. so oftentimes you know that happened on the on the presses where there's uh something that was there for uh a while and it wasn't there or or it wasn't there at first and then you know there's a little scratch or something but if you ever uh, notice on that card there's two different versions there's a little print defect right in between them I'm going to have to check mine. I don't have it on right here, but yeah, I have to look at that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to shoot you a, a picture. I wish I would have known I was going to talk about that. I would have pulled them out Those to show the you the difference. There's so much to learn. I mean, you know, I collected as a kid, and I've really only been back in the hobby for like two-plus years now. And I've learned a lot over the, that period of time. But, man, uh, just the knowledge that, I mean – maybe 10, 15, 20 years from now, I'll, I'll know a lot more about some of these things, but you'll, I don't think you'll ever, you know, you's all, there's always going to be things to learn, no matter, even if you're someone like you, <laughs> I'm sure you've learned. Well, things. yeah, the thing is, is I've never seen anything published on these uh, little print marks I'm talking about. Right. I just learned them from looking at cards. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I, they're not necessarily, they're not errors. They're just, you know, uh, over time, sometimes, 
on the printing press, I don't know, they got a nick or uh, there was a color issue or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, the uh, 66 uh, football set that looks like the 55 Bowman. I don't know if you ever noticed uh, those cards. Uh, I actually, when I got some, thought they might be fake uh, mm -hmm. because they were printed in two different card stocks and one of them's real thin. But these are things that if you only gr collect graded cards, you'd never know that because you don't actually touch a card. Right. Uh, but they're just things that I've learned. I've, I never saw anything written on it. But when you when you handle these cards, you just learn things over time or when you're looking at them all the time or you're looking at two different examples, you just something stands out every once in a while. And there's always something to learn in this hobby. Always something to learn. It's yeah, infinite. That's way more plastic these days than cards. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And yeah. and most people and, and when you're shopping for ungraded cards, just regular old cards, if you only collect graded cards, you don't even know what to look for, for, uh, you know, for fakes or to know if it's real. Cause you don't even know what it feels like or smells like. Right. Like I always point to the 1950 Drake's cards. They actually smell like the cakes they came in, the cookies. You know, I've heard you say that I do have, I, I've had this, like thinking about doing this for, for a video for a while. I just never have done it, but I have a couple graded ones and they're like an old, uh, SGC, um, covers like that. And I was thinking maybe I'll crack one and see if it smells. <laughs> Just because, uh, like, yeah, I, I only have graded one, so I would never be able to know if if that is true. It's probably is it like on some of them, or would you think they all smell still? I think it's some of them. They they made two different cakes or cookies. I, I can't remember if it's cakes or cookies. One was like um, I think uh, an oatmeal, and that's the one I think you could smell. One of them you can smell. All right, it has a distinct smell to it, and there's just no way to fake that. No way. I love that. That is, I never forgot that when I saw that on your channel, like that's, that was one of the things stuck with me. That's, that's yeah. I bought a couple from B-Roth and that's the first thing I did was smell it. I'm like, yep, <laughs> nice. Cause they were, you know, they were ungraded. All right. Um, I am ready for number two, whenever you are. Okay. So this one is, is more of a, I just wanted to show it cause it's a unique card. It's probably the most unique card set ever issued. If you want to call it a card. But, you know, most cards would come in packages. They would come with gum or candy or tobacco or whatever. This card is actually the candy package. And it's the uh, 1936 Overland. And this is Jimmy Fox. Wow. And these are among the rarest cards in existence. They are near impossible to find and near impossible to find in full form like this. Most are cut open down here, and you just have the top. This one, I suspect whoever had this was a collector back in the day because uh, they just cut a little corner to get the candy out. And grading goes out the window with these. They're always going to grade low because you had to cut the envelope to get the candy out. And so they're always going to be a 1.5 or a 1 uh, or less, maybe authentic, but these are near impossible to find. I have a, a couple of them, but the Jimmy Fox is uh, just exceptional. Can you say the exceptional name example? What's the name of it again? 1936 Overland. Candy. Overland. Okay. Wow. Look at that. Babe. Wow. That is, that is so cool. And Jimmy Fox too. Not just like a common player either. <laughs> pretty, pretty damn good there. Yeah. You're going to be hard pressed to find one of these. Uh, which makes it special to me. You know, I always say 
and, and it gets uh, the more you collect uh we get we just see the same hundred cards over and over and over right like you go onto any auction house any magazine um you know people showing the same cards over and over we see the mickey mantle 52 mantle until we're you know sick of seeing it and a lot of these cards when you've been collecting as long as i do you start to take them for granted because you just see them so often that they don't they become less and less special the more and more and more you see them and so i'm drawn to the more obscure stuff you know if i see a card i never saw before that's i'm like oh i gotta have that you know that kind of that kind of thing now i still have the uh the, the popular cards that i want that i don't have you know still on my my want list but i love this obscure stuff and that and that card made me think of um one of the other things you said on your channel one of your other goals of your collecting is you want to try to get one at least one copy of every vintage set a card from every vintage set or, or like main is it would you say mainstream set pretty much and not like every single thing right yeah like every vintage card set made like one okay. card that's a going to be a lifelong goal and for us collectors you know putting a set together can be a long a, a long process like it could take a long time but it's achievable and then and then what uh you got to come up with a new goal so i just picked a goal that's so hard to uh, to uh <laughs> to do that it will take me the rest of my life but i do have a lot of uh i do have a lot of obscure sets i have a lot of rare sets I, i'm far on my way but you know there are just some some cards like the first team card right from whatever it is 1867 or something like maybe one or two or three in existence i don't know uh so i i i, I have to narrow it down somewhat and uh like there are test issue cards like the 77 uh reggie jackson that shows him in an oreos uniform well that was never distributed so I'm immediately excluding cards that were never distributed. Like if the only place you could get it was from Tops, I have to exclude those, right? Because how am I ever going to get one? Like the dice game so, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so some of those early, early cards, if there's one or whatever, you know, I probably never acquire that. But um, we'll see how it goes. But it, have, it's going to be fun to try. Guy? Where are you like, do you have a percentage, an estimate on how far along you are? 20%? I'll tell you what, I, I don't because I, I, I haven't actually sat down and checklisted or made a list. And I'm still learning new issues too. And I go through the standard catalog of baseball cards and, and look through there to see which ones I have, what other sets, you know, might I need. The regional, the rare regional issues are, are tough, you know, but I mean... Well, as I go through, you got you you have like the the Sugardale meats, which is really rare. You have the Stallmeyers, you have the Royal Royal desserts, you have the Royal dessert um, exhibits. You know, you got the Wheaties cards. You just got you, you got, got them laying the, around they, there. You know? They just go on and on and on and on and on. Uh, so I have uh, I'm off to a good start. Your videos may have used to amaze me. Like the one of the last ones you did recently was just ho hum. Hey, here's a tabletop of uh, Cracker Jack cards. You're like, yeah, it's a 1914 Tris speaker. There's a, <laughs> I'm looking at it like I just want one of those. I want one copy. <laughs> 
Yeah, then I, I, I collect things for my eventual museum. Like this is the 1904 fan craze actual game that came with the cards and the instructions. Got, uh, got those. And of course, this is what those cards look like. The mm. fan craze. <laughs> uh, so... You know, if I could get the packaging, old boxes, anything like that, um, I, I, I do uncut sheets, anything that would be really cool in a museum uh, to go along with the cards. I'm real into that. And and that wasn't cheating. Those don't count. Um, those Some of those weren't even cards. So let's go the official number three. Right <laughs> official number three. Okay, the official number three. Now, this was a set that was virtually unknown. It was unknown. And in 1990, they had a find of them. And then a little bit later, I think it was 1996, I think, they had another find of them. But they were virtually unknown and are still scarce to this day. And uh, they would be a lot more scarce if it wasn't for those two finds. And it is the 1926 Spalding, and this is the Babe Ruth. Whoa. Yeah, baby. Look at that. Wow. 1926 Spalding Babe Ruth. Now, four. Yeah, so when I bought this, it's funny. I was uh, I, I, I subscribed to uh, Sports Collectors Daily, and uh, one one of the one morning they they sent a, uh, the email and they were featuring this set, and I was like, oh, cool, because I, I just learned about this set. I want to read all about it. And they said that there was only one sale of a Babe Ruth they could find in recent months and they said it sold and and this is what it sold for and it was this card i was the only one that had bought one in months <laughs> wow now as with a lot of cards that become rare um the reason that these are rare is because spalding issued these coupons and this is a, a coupon for 10 cents for sporting goods and so when you would collect these cards, you could redeem them uh, for a coupon. So I guess to a lot of kids, they'd rather have a baseball glove or a bat or a ball than they would uh, a card. Wow. Any Do you have any idea how many are out there? Um, I don't. I think the last time I checked, there were something like 20-some graded. That's awesome. I believe, I mean, they're not like super rare, but you don't see them very often. It's a 1926 Babe Ruth card too. So that's, yeah. <laughs> just alone, that alone is outstanding. And when oh. you look at these, you know, if you were to look at this and you had no idea what it was, right? It wasn't graded and uh, you just saw this sitting in, in some dollar bin or something. You might yeah. think it's a fake. You know, it's, these cards are so... I have several of them, and they're all low pop. Um, I have a Luke Sewell uh, autographed one. I have a Max Carey. I have a few of them, but they just look, uh, they're, they're pretty easy to find in, in nice condition. They're so white and clean. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It, it looks really, really, I mean, it looks like, it's funny because you're right. It looks like some of these cards I collect of like, you know, 1977 Mickey Mantle cards or 80, like one of those, like, um, what was it? Uh, Pacific Legends, like 1980 or something like that. 
uh, but it just happens to be from 1926. So it's right. It looks, it looks <clears throat> mint right there. And I think they're so. I think they're in good condition because of those finds. They just sat somewhere for all those decades till the right. 90s. Awesome. All right. So um, let's go with the the part two. Here is we're going to look at three cards that are on your. Would you call this your dream want list or achievable want list? What, what would you say? I would say uh, I'll give you my achievable want list. Okay. Um, the first one, and somebody I know just got one, but I don't want to spoil it. I'm sure he's going to show it on a video. Is the uh, 1922 W573 Babe Ruth? W5. Oh, there we go. 573. They were they were cutout cards. Uh, the same image as the um, what is it? The Nielsen's chocolate. Yeah, this one, uh, this might, <laughs> this could be the one. I hope I'm not ruin it, but yeah, this one just recently sold here. Yeah, I saw that in a magazine. Uh, I think it was Baseball Card Magazine, like the first one I ever got when I was a little kid, and I've always wanted that card. Yeah, this one just recently sold. Looks like Golden Auctions. Do you do you use Golden Auctions, or do you stay away from them? I I have never used them. No. Yeah, yeah, I don't. They got a they got a website now where you it's more you know it's not just auctions where you can actually buy buy cards right off there. Um, I've heard that it's actually because not many people know about it yet that you could get some pretty good deals on there. Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's really nice right there. So that's one uh, that's one on the want list. And let's go. My my other one, and I'm so mad at myself because before the boom, I mean, you could get this card for 500 bucks, and now it is so expensive. And that is the 1933 DeLong Lou Gehrig. Oh yeah, yeah. I was looking at this card the other day. Yeah, here we go. Uh, here's one. Man, yeah, this thing is really skyrocketed. Um, you used to be able to get them for 500 bucks, honestly. This one right here is sold for almost ten grand, nine nine thousand bucks, and a PSA two and a half. Nice, nice copy. But yeah, would, let me ask you: Would you rather have the? Would you rather have this or the? If you could do the, um, you probably I think you already have the Gehrig, the Gaudi, the thirty three Gaudi Gehrig, or or this. Would you take this card all day if it was between the two? Well, so it's tough because I have the thirty three Gaudi. Um, right. Would I trade that for this? No, because once a card's in my possession, I, I won't trade it. <laughs> uh, if, if I had the chance to get one or the other at the same time, same price, I'd probably go with the uh, DeLong. Because the DeLong, I mean, they were both always dream cards of mine, but uh, the DeLong for sure. And I'm not that far from completing the DeLong set. And this is going to be my sticking point right here. Yeah, I was looking at this because I did a three and three with myself a while back, and um, it's, it's not as fun to do it with yourself when there's someone else there. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like golfing. You know, it's better to golf with other people than yourself. But um, and probably other things you could mention. But the I was looking at the thirty three Gaudi was one on my my want list. You know, my dream want list. Uh, but then I was thinking, I was looking at this one. I was like, man, if it was a I, I, if I ever, you know, had the money, saved it up, it would be a tough choice between this one and the Gaudi. I don't know. It, they're, they're both so awesome, but I maybe like the look of this a little better. Just the, you know, just the design is awesome with the colors. And I mean, that's really cool. 
Yeah, the 33 DeLong is one of my favorite all-time sets. I mean, the first time I saw those things, I think it was in that Burt Randolph Sugar Book uh, with them in the stadium like that. I just love them. I just love that design. All right, so that was number two. Give me one more. And the other one is the 38 Gaudi Joe DiMaggio. Mm. And that's another one I should have just picked up before the boom when it was uh, affordable. Now, do you have a preference? Do you want it with the with the comics or without? Do you care? I would take it either way, but I prefer it with the comics. Yeah, like this one here, re SGC four recently sold, um, pricey card. Yeah, it's like seventy five hundred bucks SGC four. But yeah, I think if if I had, I'd take either one too. But I would go comics if if I had the choice. Yeah, awesome. Card. But e either either would do if somebody yeah. wants to uh, donate one to my museum. Sure. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Well, those are those are great cards. Now, you obviously um, you have so many awesome cards. Do you ever do you do any selling at all? I haven't for years. Right. I used to. Um, what I used to do is, and and I used to be in. Uh, you know, I'm in a better financial position now than when I used to collect these vintage cards, and uh, you know, uh, like everybody i don't have an unlimited budget right and um when i when i had less money of course i would trade a lot of my doubles and i would do things like i would you know if somebody was selling two of something i would buy both of them and then i'd sell one and a lot of times i'd end up with the card for free like i remember buying uh back in 2014 buying two mike trout rookies you know both graded um tens and and selling one uh, I got them for 35 bucks and uh, a few months later sold one for the same that I paid for both. Right. And uh, so I ended up, I would do things like that. Uh, but I, 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 I can't remember ever selling a card. I didn't already have, to be honest with you. I would growing up, I had, you know, so, so many doubles. And so I would sell off doubles uh, mostly. You must get hit up by these auction houses all the time, trying to get you to sell some cards with them. <laughs> uh, no, actually, no, no one's ever approached me. Maybe they just know they watch your videos and they get it's not it's a uh, it's a lost cause. He's not going to sell these cards. <laughs> uh, may, they probably don't watch my videos. I'm I'm low man on the totem pole. Well, I, I did want to <laughs> say that I wanted to you know mention you are you could you are a YouTube channel that if you cared or wanted to or if it meant anything to you. You could have more subscribers and more views than almost anybody on YouTube. Uh, but I just want to thank you for doing the content that you do. Uh, you've inspired so many other YouTubers. Uh, almost every new channel that I see now mentions you, like in their first few videos. Uh, you know, I, I was watching John Mangini and, and Mike Moynihan's videos. Uh, and, you know, I've just been watching them for so long and it inspired me to, to start making videos. Uh, so, You've done, I mean, you do so much for the hobby just by making these videos that um, you could easily, I mean, you, you, you know, you do this very few and far between, but whenever you make a video that's like, you know, I would say controversial or you're calling, <laughs> calling out a company or, or an opinion on the hobby, like a hot take or something, uh, you'll get thousands of views. So obviously, you know, you could do that. Like some of these other channels do every day. They put out something like that just to get the views, but you don't do that. So I just want to recognize that and. You know, that's someone who really loves the hobby, someone who's not just on here going to say whatever to get views because you could do that and you don't. Well, so. I appreciate that. 
And uh, I'm not afraid to put my opinion out there. And every once in a while, I, I did do a, a, an opinion video and it would blow up. And, yeah. and I can't understand that because I'm showing a card like that's the only PSA copy. And I'll get, you know, four or 500 views. I know. But, but if I give my opinion on something, you get a lot of hate comments and you get the views, baby. They, people love that, that stuff. And, you know, people would be like, you're into uh, cards so much, you know, you should make it your business or open a card store. And I, what I always say is it would no longer be a hobby. If I had to rely on this, if I had to do this for a living, then it's no longer my hobby. It would no longer be enjoyable to me or at least as enjoyable. And I feel the same way about YouTube. It's like YouTube, I get on there um, to have fun, uh, to show cards, to maybe help other collectors learn something, to engage with other collectors. You know, it's, it's, it's a hobby for me. And I just get on and do what I want to do. If you want to watch it, fine. It, uh, and I appreciate it if you do. And I appreciate if you like it. But I'm not going to get on there and just to try to make a YouTube channel and, and make that my business. It would no longer be fun. It would no longer be a hobby. Same as my card collecting. And so that's where I'm coming from. And the way I do it now, it's a blast. You know, if I want to give an opinion, I'll give it. If I want to make four videos in a day, I make four in a day. If I don't want to make one for two weeks, I don't make any. You know, it's really enjoyable. It's fun for me. And I like to keep it that way. Cause you already have a job, you know, you know, you could have, you could have sponsors and all this stuff that you see on these other channels if you, if you really wanted to, but then, you know what, you'd feel, you'd feel like, Oh, I got to go make a video with, uh, to do this because I have this company that wants me to do it. And it becomes a work, it becomes a job. And you're a great example of, you know, maybe for some people who haven't been on YouTube as long like me, uh, if you want to keep it enjoyable and fun, maybe go down the same route that you've gone down. You've been on YouTube for how many years now? um about three three years yeah that's so that's a good amount of time and yeah i'll tell you I, i'm not gonna say i would never accept a sponsorship I, I i won't say that you know that's definitely possible but i can tell you that i i did i was approached to do a sponsorship and i turned it down because it was something um i gave it a crack i thought about it for a month i i i you know used the service and everything and Honestly, it wasn't something I believed in. It wasn't something I would ever want to recommend to anybody that watches my channel or it's just not, you know, it didn't, it didn't fit with me. And uh, if I did have a, a sponsor and I did accept a sponsor, it would be something I believed in and probably something that I personally used. Like Hanes t-shirts, six bucks, <laughs> they last forever. <clears throat> I'm still trying to get the Hanes, the Hanes sponsorship. Hanes, if you're watching. What are, yeah. you, what are you waiting for here? I, I would sponsor BCW. I love their products. You know, it would have to be something that I, I use and that I that I really enjoy. I'm going to clip that, put it out all over Instagram and everywhere. And <laughs> if any channel deserves a sponsorship that wants one, it, it would be you. I mean, the, some of these other channels I see that have sponsors that have been on YouTube for like, you know, a year or whatever. I'm, you know, I, I would assume that, yeah, you, you probably get contacted all the time for different sponsors and like why, why would these companies not want to sponsor John Mangini's channel? <laughs> well, you know, the, you only have one, you, you only really have one thing in this world and that's your integrity. And, uh, I, you know, I, I won't, uh, I won't risk that for anything. I won't give into that for anything. I, let's put it that way. Well, we, the people who've been watching your channel for a long time, we know that, you know, we, we, you can tell you can't fake it for that long. 
so it's very clear, very clear, you know, what you're about. And uh, b- before we go, give, give me a shout out of, a, of a, another channel. Uh, it could be anyone or, or as many channels as you want to shout out. I know you were oh. on, you were on with some young kids recently. Yes. That was a blast. And I'm planning on going live again with Cracker Jack Cards. He uh, reached out to me uh, to do it this past Friday, but I, I couldn't do it. Him and Pure Collector. Um, those are two young guys really coming up on the scene. It's so great to see these young, um, these young guys that are collecting vintage and know about these old players and, and uh, Baseball Fanatic 12. You know, he calls me Sensei. Uh, when I'm with him, I always grill him on on trivia and stuff, and uh, I just love that kid. Uh, that's an that's an. I have so many channels. There are just so many that I could recommend. Uh, for soft corners, I love his authenticity and 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 the way he collects. Uh, White Sox fan. These are newer channels. I'm I'm, I'm shouting out. Uh, T.J. Mac. You know, man, he delves in and tells you stories and history. And uh, if you want to learn something, check check him out. Uh, you know, my my buddy Rick, vintage oddball cards and and the amazing photos and rare cards he has. You'll see stuff you you might not have seen. Of course, Dave Blue Jacket, sixty six, same thing. Andrew Nuff said cards. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. I couldn't possibly name them all. Dave has already said he's going to do one of these with me. So Dave, I'm throwing it. I'm just making sure you're going to, you're going to stick to it. Uh, so that, that'll be fun when I, when I get Dave to do it, but <laughs> maybe sometime in April. So that'll be a fun one too. Yeah. Well, John, thank you so much. This was uh, again, first time we've gotten a chance to actually talk. Uh, I, I hope it's not going to be the last time. Uh, I hope to keep in touch with you and meet you in person someday. Me too. And I want to thank you again for having me on. I really I wanted to be on this. And next time we will debate the greatest center fielder in Yankee history. Yeah, I didn't want to go too <laughs> deep on that because people are probably already sick of me talking about Mickey Mantle on this channel. So <laughs> No, you know, the thing is, is with baseball fans, when you're talking to Hall of Fame or who was the greatest, I mean, you can argue, argue all day long, right? The bottom line is I'd take any of them. You want to give me Willie Mays? I can win with them. You want to give me Mickey Mantle? I can win with them. You want to give me DiMaggio? I can win with them. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't think there is a great test, right? Uh, every player brings something to the table. Uh, they're all great. Can you win with any of those guys? Absolutely. Well said, John. Thanks again. Guys, thanks for watching. And be back with another one soon.